Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the food show. And we're here talking about food every day. Hope you can join us. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Tom is here with me. And we're going to chat about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about. 260-6368 is the number. That's 260-MENU. Food's the subject. And uh, we have we have some places to share that we've been, and uh, I you know I went to Mother's today. You did for lunch for the first time in oh my goodness a really really long time, and uh, I I find it if you if you wanted to take a snapshot of life in New Orleans. That's it. That's a good-looking piece of it. It's It's got the whole New Orleans <coughs> vibe. Excuse me. It is it's, – it's, you know, you can, you can spot the tourists. They stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, I actually saw a couple sitting at Mother's today, mm-hmm. and I knew immediately mm-hmm. they were from someplace else. And she had – a grilled shrimp salad in front of her, and he had like a. Do you remember the old chef salads? They're now called, I guess, club salads. Yeah, it uh, always had the same things: um, American cheese. Uh, <laughs> I'll find it. No, and uh, turkey and and, and, and ham. ham. Yes, and ham. Yeah, and uh, he had slices of all of those things. And he was in, in the, like one little half of an, a hard-boiled egg. And then she had the grilled shrimp. And I thought, what things would you never expect to see on a table at Mother's? And I'm sure that when those things were ordered, the person behind the counter taking the order must have thought, What? Well, I mean, we have it, but I mean, we never, ever serve that. Although I will say this, I was looking at the menu, just to look at the menu, because I haven't been there in so long, and I saw that they they fry everything in peanut oil, and they, uh, they have um, grilled items that are done in olive oil, which is kind of unusual, because if you ask for something grilled in a restaurant... I would say more likely than not, it is not done in olive oil, and I hope that is not true. So if you are a restaurateur and you have a grill and you are, are grilling things, I'd be really interested in knowing if you, uh, if you are using canola oil, which is kind of the standard, or olive oil, which is more expensive. And you're probably not going to admit it anyway, so I'm sure you're not going to call. But anyway, I would like to know if anyone knows this from being inside of a kitchen. You don't have to name the place. But I would be interested in knowing, when you order grilled shrimp, is it canola oil or olive oil? So when I saw this at Mother's, I thought, wow, that's different and well, we very, got a, very we, unexpected. 
We got a chance to uh, take a look at what that might be like, though. We were over at that uh, uh, place on the North Shore, uh, the the pizza. Pl- uh, oh, what's the name of it? New, Orle- G- New Orleans <clears throat> Food and Spirits. Food. No. Oh, oh. Uh, Leonardo's. <clears throat> Leonardo's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, right. we haven't uh, talked it, about that. it was a good enough uh, restaurant that I, I think we'd like to come back to it uh, maybe a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was uh, I was thinking about this. So we had uh, a, a pizza yeah. along with other things. Yeah. And before the first pizza came out, they brought us out several loaves of bread, which were imbued with some uh, herbs of various kinds, some Parmesan cheese, I think. I'm not sure. Well, that was the oil. The bread was, it looked like <clears throat> and it had the been oil, baked yeah. in-house. But it was really one of those, it was, I, I'm sorry, I know mm-hmm. Leonardo's has a lot of fans, but I didn't really like the bread. It was no? really heavy. It was, it was like a, the, the crumb inside of it was really, really heavy. And um, it was it was not all that crusty on the outside, so it was kind of doughy. And and I don't really like doughy bread. But anyway, um, that came to the table with olive oil and a little Parmesan and balsamic vinegar, you know, the standard thing that you get on the table at an Italian restaurant now. But um, it wasn't that so much that made the impression on me. It was uh, the it was the 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 way that the service unfolded there. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a big surprise because that is a that is a fan favorite over there, and uh, I was I was very um, disappointed to to have the kind of service that that there was over there. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight. We will talk more about our trip to Leonardo's. And uh, to Mother's, because that's where I went for lunch today. Tom had some business, and I just ran across the street until we got to the show. They don't have pizza over there, do they? The that show. would be I, something I new. Don't, I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't get so. the impression that, you know, I would say I don't get the impression that much changes there, and I'm sure it doesn't. But I feel like they would, you know, be kind of open to it, because I just couldn't believe my eyes to see grilled shrimp and to see that the grilled shrimp were grilled in olive oil because that's kind of a forward-thinking sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, not today because that's what everybody's doing, but if you're talking about a place like Mother's, that is that is all about the tradition, and the tradition goes back to 1938, that is not something that you would expect to see. But they did it anyway. Yeah, 260-6368. Let's go right into the Porter and Luke's. Porter and Luke is a wonderful neighborhood restaurant in Metairie. And uh, it has all of the comfort food things that you would expect to see at a neighborhood restaurant. There's the fried chicken that they're famous for. They have the hollowed-out eggplant that is uh, deep fried and served over with stuffed with seafood dressing and served over angel hair pasta in a cream sauce. There is uh, a s- various kinds of sandwiches. There are various kinds of sandwiches. They have red beans and rice, sometimes served with a ham shank or a pork mm-hmm. chop or mm-hmm. sausage. All of these things you will see coming through the dining room at any time at Porter and Luke. And since we're going to talk about Porter and Luke maybe six times, <laughs> six <laughs> times in the next two hours, well, I'm yeah. not going to go through the, the whole menu each time. At I'll just say that Porter, Luke, is, Porter and Luke is a place that you should definitely try. It's in Metairie at 1517 Metairie Road in the shopping center that has Walgreens and also Oakwin Hart. 
do give them a, a look because it's, it's a really, really good place. It's my favorite club sandwich in the whole world, and they have fresh-cut chips that come with it. It's Porter and Luke in Metairie, 1517 Metairie Road. Well, you know how we, uh, we can get sometimes when there's something that we, uh, maybe just me rather than we, uh, say about the food that's out there as being uh, children's food. No, no, uh, you say most, that. You're the only yeah, one who well, says okay. that. Uh, fair enough. Oh, we have a caller. So, uh, Tom, we have a caller. Let's go to well, Scott. Okay, Scott, welcome to the food show. Yes, uh, Tom, my wife and I went to, I think, a little trip to the Pacific Northwest uh, yeah? uh, last month and went to Seattle area. And then uh, you would be interested in this. We took the train uh, to Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, and then you took the Canadian uh, train after that? Uh, no, no, we we took the oh. Amtrak uh, uh, from uh, Seattle to Vancouver, and it, mm-hmm. it hugs the coast. You know, it's spectacular, uh-huh. really. Yeah. Um, anyway, but the uh, the food um, in Vancouver is really excellent. Uh, it's very, you know, it's a big restaurant lunch, city uh, for sure. Oh yeah, it's a huge uh, restaurant city, and. Um, and of course, Seattle is too. Not that they don't really have a distinctive uh, cuisine like we do, sort of international, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, yeah, yeah. But it was a wonderful trip, and that's a great restaurant city. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to have more restaurants in Vancouver than any place else in the world, isn't that something that's what I, I heard somewhere? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Asian there, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of Asian. Huge, huge there, number. There, there, there's a huge number of Asians. Actually, the real as an aside, the real estate is the um, most expensive in North America. I think I could see that uh, in that yeah. city. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's very expensive, but the cuisine is wonderful. Lots of Asian uh, cuisine, lots of uh, farmers markets. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I was about to grab onto that because that's the most fascinating thing to me is all of the uh, the the. Uh, uh, areas where they're selling f- everything, fish, uh, meats of all kinds, and it's uh, not finished. It This is the, what you're going to take home and cook. And uh, exactly. they are really fabulous at that. Well, usually those markets have a lot of, of prepared foods. And, you know, in those big, big markets, you can get things to cook at home, but you can also, there are little kiosks of food. That, do they have that? Have you seen a lot of that, Scott? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there, there's a place called Granville Island, uh, which is um, pretty close to a hotel where they have a huge uh, is a combination of little kiosks and uh, fresh produce and fish. And uh, they have uh, real honest-to-God butchers there with little butcher stores, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. In uh, fact, that, uh, just, you, there are some places around there where people actually get on uh, boats and then go out into the uh, into the uh, waters and waters and uh, and come back with some really nice uh, fish and sh- well, shellfish. They have, the, they have a lot of that kind of stuff up in Alaska where you can. Oh, I yeah. Remember on the cruise ships, you could one of the excursions was that you could go out and do fishing. There's a lot of great fish up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank mm-hmm. you for calling, yeah. Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, how'd you like the train? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
He left. Scott, he left. call back. Tom was going to ask you about the train because I know mm. he wants to hear about the train. I thought he was. I thought he was done with that. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. That's two six zero menu. Scott, if you wanted to call back and talk to Tom about the train, he's very disappointed that he didn't get to talk about the train. Oh well. I've done it before. I don't need to do it Our again. Our son is in Not Seattle right of... now looking oh, for really? food. I'm sure actually okay. he's going to be working, working, working. So probably is he? isn't going to get to be eating out too much. But uh, Seattle has become quite a food town. Oh, yeah. And those young uh, fillers and fellers and, yeah. and Phyllises. They have, I'll tell you what, they have an extremely different way of eating than oh, any well, what would that be? I, I never I'll tell you what, that. I had lunch yeah. the other day with this guy who is um, related to a, a local company whose living is made from canned products. And yeah. he was saying that the business is being altered by the fact that market research states that millennials don't open cans. Hmm. Boy, that makes a statement, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you can find out all kinds of things about all demographics of people. But, and, your, and your business is changed when, when things change. Like the millennials are, are running a lot of things, and they are changing the way we eat, and they're changing restaurants, and they're changing... Menus in restaurants because they like to eat smaller versions of things. But um, I'm finding that a lot of the the restaurants that we are looking at are just their lower end restaurants that millennials would go to. And um, and we went to one yesterday, and and Mary Lee and I were really surprised. Uh, at how much we hated it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was just because it was not, it, we were looking for something a little bit better than what was offered. And uh, it was catering to a certain clientele of which we are not. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's kind of changing the dynamic of all kinds of things. But I thought it was really interesting when he told me that the market research has shown that this guy is now going to have to change what he does to adapt to a simple truth that millennials don't open cans, which, Mm. (laughs) I mean, mean, that's what market research is for. You have to pay a lot of money for it, but it's just kind of interesting, you know? Yeah, well. Anyway, 260-6368 is the number, and we'll take a break, and we'll be back. And if you've ever had any food in your entire life, uh, call us and tell us about it. And if you're thinking, well, hey, why do I need to, you know, even the low end, tell me the, the most uh, interesting part of the, the uh, cuisine that we get that way uh, shows that uh, some stuff from the back years is still really great. And uh, those, uh, then you have those cans, too. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmaurice coming to you live today from overlooking the Mississippi River. Anything out there today? Let's see. Oh my! You know, I I see. There's those uh, big, uh, look like uh, big piles of something. We are back. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. That's two six zero menu. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris with Tom Fitzmorris here. I had lunch at Mother's. When was the last time you did that? I think I've been to Mother's in my whole life 
a handful of times. And I went today just because I was across the street from the station and I needed a quick lunch and I wanted to see because, you know, you pass by mothers and you see lines of people out there waiting for the doors to open. And I just thought when I went in, what a slice of New Orleans this place is. It is absolutely the quintessential New Orleans spot. When was the last time you were at Mother's? Have you ever been to Mother's? And what are your thoughts about it? I thought, Doug, I gave you the the other half of the sandwich that I had. Did you like it? I will eat it later. Oh, you haven't eaten it. Okay. Well, I was I got the debris roast beef, poor boy. I, I tell you what, it um it looked like a school cafeteria. It had the cafeteria line there. But it had a charm that a school cafeteria does not have for sure. And I was initially underwhelmed just because that's, you know, not really my kind of place. But I was charmed as time went on and I saw the people who had come in from Peoria, Illinois and all over the place to have a slice of New Orleans because that's exactly what it is, the slice of New Orleans. But um, I got I was I was tempted to get the ham because they're so famous for their uh, their um, baked ham. And uh I got the roast beef debris, and I was thinking that it was going to be, I was thinking that it was going to be just debris, but it wasn't. It was actually kind of a peculiar sandwich. It was slices of roast beef, which looked like they were cold, like like the roast beef had been pre-cooked and was not sitting in a gravy getting soft. It was just like two slices of cold roast beef would be my guess. And then all of this debris that was put on top of it. So you had like a twofer kind of thing. And I know that Tom, whenever he orders a roast beef, it's like, you you know, you sit there and you eat with someone for a long, long time and you know pretty much what they're going to say whenever they order something. Like I know if we're going to a Mexican restaurant, Tom is going to have a discussion about whether or not there is mole on the menu and that there should be mole on the menu, even though he and only five other people other than the Mexican population that comes into the place. And really, it's not Mexican food. It's American food. But so they're not going to have mole because it's not terribly authentic. So uh, I know that we're going to have that discussion. And then I know that if he's going to order red beans and rice somewhere, that uh, he's going to ask if um, he could have hot sausage with it. And if there isn't hot sausage, why there isn't hot sausage. But the third thing that I can always expect to hear from Tom if he's ordering a roast beef poor boy is light on the gravy. And I, you know, I always wonder why he goes through that trouble because by its nature, a roast beef poor boy is messy. But it's, it's, there's a point to it because today I started to eat this roast beef poor boy and it just completely fell apart because it had been sitting for even a few minutes with all of that gravy and the bread just sort of disintegrated. So I was sort of, I was sort of eating this pile of stuff that just kept dropping because it was disintegrating before me. But um, I asked for extra pickles and got so many extra pickles that I had to leave some of them. But it was kind of a good sandwich. I was not, I was not, um, 
I, I didn't expect much because I really do think that most of the people in the line are tourists. And in fact, they are. I did talk to the guy who runs it and he said that it looked to me like it was an 80-20 breakdown. So I thought, you know, maybe it's not going to be all that good, but it actually was good. And I thought that everything that I saw looked good. And I, I mean, I didn't get to eat too much. I just had a little bit of that of that roast beef poor boy. But it was very meaty. And the bread was not really, really toasted, but it was toasted enough. And there was a huge slab of mayo. And I know that they serve their sandwiches with uh, chopped cabbage instead of lettuce. So uh, I'm not a, a huge fan of that, but it was it worked, you know. Anyway, um, I was more impressed by the fact that I saw the uh, the grilled shrimp because that is not mm-hmm. something that I would expect to see at a place like that. That's a fried kind of place. A fried if kind ever of shrimp. There was one shrimp. That mostly? is a fried. No, no, I'm talking about mothers. It's a fried kind of place. Oh, if mothers. Ever I saw yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. Let's talk about Porter and Luke again. Hmm. What's your favorite thing at Porter and Luke? Well, uh, I've said this enough times, but um, here comes another one. I love their turtle soup. It's everything I want out of a turtle soup. It's very dark and black almost. It's just spidey, spidey? No, just, it's just um, sharpy, sharply enough. It's got a, a little tang to it uh, that you don't want to back away from it, and you don't, and you don't ever want a lot more because it's mm-hmm. right down the middle. Yeah. I it's also, real turtle, too, right? Oh, it's real yeah. turtle as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. I, I haven't been able to get anybody to tell me exactly what it is. Uh-huh. But uh, the, Seems like to real my palate, uh-huh. and I'm not trying to show off it by saying that I have a palate. Look well, at the, There goes kind of, another one I right there. I think it's okay. common knowledge that you have a palate, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, you never know. There yeah. might be people who want to show off, uh, you know, turning What over. else do you like there? Uh, I like the fact that if you start looking around in their seafood department of the day, they will have, you know, like four, five different seafood entrees Mm -hmm. even. And I always look at those because they often involve kinds of fish that we hardly ever see. Mm -hmm. And I always go for those, whatever they are, because... uh, these guys are good enough to know that it would be the wrong thing to do to bring something really offbeat into a— uh, Well, certainly not to a comfort food kind of place like right. Porter and Luke. That's right. But I love the club sandwich there, and I want to try the meatballs and spaghetti. I've not mm. ever tried the meatballs and spaghetti there. So I definitely would like to— uh, One of these days when I bring myself to deviating from my club sandwich, even though I did it— I did it once. I did— the, the waitress talked me into a hamburger, which was actually mm-hmm. very good, but it was not my club sandwich, and I'm just such a creature of habit. That's just that's just what I do. Anyway, one of these days I'm going to try a couple of other things, but the meatballs and spaghetti is my first thing, mm-hmm. and the ham shank with red beans, and this chicken and pasta dish, which looks really, really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. 2606368 is the number. I wanted to also mention that Porter and Luke is at 1517 Metairie Road in that mm-hmm. shopping center with Walgreens on one end and Oakland Heart on the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, We were talking about mothers. We did. And, uh, and I was curious to see if anyone had been to mothers lately, and obviously no one has. Uh, I would like to know if you have what you thought of it. It was... It's um, it's a hybrid of people and a slice of Americana for sure. Do you remember the Eat Club we did there once? 
Uh, I did. A long time ago. That was a long time ago. Long but time that, ago. It, that was at a time when the Eat Club was at its absolute peak. Yeah. What we was had that? That lots was lots like, of people. It's probably 10 years ago. Something like that. I think it was actually a little uh, before that. that. Yeah. Uh, the first Eat, Eat Club. has been around a long time. When we did the very first Eat Club dinner, we uh, only were able to get uh, 12 people. Yeah, uh, but then that it was started, 27 years ago. It was quite a long time ago. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> now we can remember it, and uh, and then the Eat Clubs went into 20 or 30, not 20, 30 cruises. Yeah, and then wine dinners came, and we stopped doing so many Eat Clubs, and now people ask for Eat Clubs, but we don't do them. Mm-hmm. Which is too bad. Well, uh, that's all right. You you can become a fun, uh, in, engaged kind of person without having the same. Uh, yeah. The things all, everywhere you go. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. We went to Leonardo's. We were talking about that. Yeah, and Leonardo's. Yeah, Leonardo's Trattoria on the North Shore. And what did you think about? You know, that? there was something. Uh, I I like it. I think it's it's very good. Yeah. If I had to complain about anything, and this is just minor, totally. Mm-hmm. Is that the crust of their pizzas? are just a little too thick. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think it's very good. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it has a New York quality to it, but uh, maybe it, I think some New Yorkers would say, oh, the crust is too thick. It's a little doughy for my taste. Doughy? And I, yeah, I didn't... Hey, doughy! I didn't really... I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really care for it, I have to say. Yeah. I know that's... I know that's not something that you hear very often. Yeah, well, but uh, he's, but he's back but it's, from it. It's yeah. it's Stoic. not the way I, I I don't I don't care for it. I and I mm. I hesitate to say that because it's such a popular place over there. Mm-hmm. It is uh, not one of my favorites. I didn't find oh, that the well. pizza was any particularly flavorful thing. I uh, I I mean. What I ordered after the mm-hmm. pizza was garlic and olive oil pasta, alio olio. How far wrong are you <laughs> going to go with that? That's I know, uh, pretty but stu- it's like you can't mess that up. So I, uh, I enjoyed that, and that's really just kind of what I felt like eating yesterday, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising for me. But uh, yeah. eating a lot of carbs these days. You yeah. are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I seem to be losing them. I, how can I pay, pass some? I don't over, know. I, to, yeah, I would love if if I could uh, if I could pass yeah. some over to you. Two six zero six three six eight. If you would like to share a place that you have been to eat, we would love to hear about it. If you are wondering where you should go and eat, mm-hmm. we might be able to help you with that. Or if you <clears> just <throat> want to talk about any single food item, yeah, or any, why not? Anything at all. I mean, there there yeah. is there is so much. We will, availability yes, out there. Yes, we will it's take just, a break. Two six zero six three six eight. We'll be back. We are back. Two six zero six three six eight. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris with Tom and, Fitzmorris. And so am I. Well, no, not really. <laughs> well, you know, we can have a little laugh once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. Yes. Only once. In a while, mm. believe me. Mm-hmm. We are talking about food and would like you to join us in talking about food. We are um, talking about a couple of places that we have been to lately, one being Leonardo's Trattoria. Also, we stopped in at Antini's last night. Yeah, Natini's. Yeah. Uh, has been a number of restaurant uh, restaurants over the years, uh, but they uh, 
They're the, calling the current, it quits after Sunday. Yeah, and uh, we're talking about a restaurant that I thought was pretty good, pretty consistent. It uh, was. You yeah. know what? It was. Um, I loved Antini's. I didn't. I was. I was really, really happy with it in its last iteration, which was when they came back after the Legacy North situation. Mm-hmm. And Teenies has been around for 13 years. And then about three years ago, Legacy North came in and they bowed out and went to work in their business in Mississippi and then are had to come back after about 19 months of Legacy North and take it back to being the Teenies. At which point they hired Duke LeCicero to take care of the kitchen and it was at its absolute high point I thought very good yeah and, and uh, it was say, a lot of fun yeah the, I, even the, the yeah. service people in there had gotten a kind of a a buzz that might not be the best word but it, it had a wonderful feeling to it yeah. I would go into a Natini's and I would go in there not feeling so great and then I would leave happy and mm-hmm. it was just this wonderful sort of air about it in the last iteration with Duke that I just, or maybe it was Duke, I don't know. I just really loved being there. It made me feel good to be there. And now they are going away after 13 years as of Sunday. And Teenies will be no more. And it will be something else which is to be announced. But, um, but they, are, they will be missed, I think, by a lot of people. Um, I wouldn't say it was ever a brilliant restaurant, even with some mm, of the chefs that came I. through there. I thought Pete Kusiv was good. Uh, who is he is now at Lake House, and he is really an exceptionally good chef. But um, but it's going to be sad to see them go because it was a very convivial. That's the word for mm-hmm. Antini's. It was a convivial place to be. I remember the good old days of Creole. Do you remember Creole? Creole was. Uh Really uh, interesting in that I, I, if I'd have to really check on this to, to give you the statistics, but I think in the time that they were open, which would have been a little bit before Hurricane or a little bit after no, no, Hurricane Katrina. it was like Katrina. early 90s. It was early 90s when Creola, Creole, Creole, mm, yeah. I, when, I, I think it was after uh, It was absolutely not then. Um, I will tell you when it was because yeah. um, we – we were just newly doing our volunteer work with the school. And, um, yeah, that's true. And so the kids, okay, so let's see. Jude started in school, in grammar school then, in like 1994. So I would say it wasn't too long. They were probably there three years when we started doing the fairs. So this would have been 1997. I would say that um, that Creole was around in 1997-98 and didn't really last that long because Kenny Kenny started Dakota back, I think, in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. And then he had Creole and Dakota Wine and Feed, both of which were great restaurants. And then he set his sights on coming over here and closed Dakota Wine and Feed, and it became the Talbots, and closed Creole, and it became Rockefeller. And that space was never, never at a high point after Creole, I thought. 
Yeah, and uh, we used to go there with uh, with our kids who were in their teens. No, they were little. They were little kids. Well, yeah, then. just below little then, kids. Let's and say. Uh, and it was a great time. And then it was over, and mm-hmm. it became something else, and it was not nearly as good. And then the Benfatties moved in with Natinis, and it became a really um, happy place again. Yeah. And the people from Chalmette who had moved over after Katrina had a place to go and hang out and commiserate in the beginning. And then they had acclimated into the community and vice versa. And uh, it was just kind of a happy place to be. So we will Mm -hmm. miss Natini's after Well, maybe something will come along. After sun, no, they are definitely done in the restaurant. Well, business, I that's know for they sure. are not, but I wonder. And uh, somebody, no, we, we, they will. It'll definitely be something else for sure. It's a but good anyway. location, actually. I it think. is a it is a good location, and um, it's. It, I feel like the after Creole, the the restaurants that were in that location were never up to the promise of that location, if that makes sense. In terms of, you know, like I said, I love Natini's, but not for the food. You know, it was it was pretty good, but it was never, you know, really, really great. And uh, and now it'll be interesting to see what, what happens next. That, mm-hmm. that shopping center has undergone a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, I guess things are always changing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> you know, I was thinking here uh, for a minute or two uh, that uh, there was a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, restaurants that are based on North Shore cookery uh, that have come and gone, come and gone, as well as anything else you've heard about. And uh, you know that could almost make an article unto itself. Uh, all the places that have come along uh, on the North Shore because they for the most part, were pretty good. And uh, the prices were always better than average. And they were certainly very popular, too. Well, I'll tell you, uh, they they were never as good as South Shore restaurants until a few years ago. But now I would say that we have restaurants absolutely up to the par of the South Shore restaurants on the North Shore, and then some. I'm quite satisfied with what is available for dining on the North Shore and never actually feel the need to come to the South Shore to have a good meal, although we're here all the time. Yeah. But, um, well, I'd, but I'd, it's, it's I'd quite pick. good. It's quite good. <laughs> yeah. 260 New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood is a place that came to the North Shore and left the mm-hmm. North Shore but still has oh, yeah, 10 locations true. around town. Yeah, that's true. Including the original one on Veterans. And uh, one in the quarter and others scattered about the area. But New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood gives a really good representation of what the local cuisine is about. Yeah. It started off as the hamburger place with the the hamburger accoutrement bar, the lettuce and tomato and things like that. But now it's a full-service restaurant. And uh, and it's um, – wait a minute. Are they full-service are they full service? Uh, uh, New Orleans Hamburger and no, Seafood they're, Company? No, they're still counter service. Yeah, they're counter uh, service. <clears throat> anyway, they have really great hamburgers. Mm-hmm. They have really great seafood, fried, crisp, greaseless, golden brown. You can spice-alicious it, meaning uh, kick up the spice level. And uh, they have a lot of local specialties. 
and char grilled oysters now. Yeah, I haven't tried the new uh, the new versions of those yet, so uh, I'll bet you that'll be pretty Char grilled oysters. Yep. You might want to go over there and check out yeah, the char grilled yeah, oysters and other things at New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood at any of their ten locations, including the one in the French Quarter. Anyway, back to Leonardo. So we got you know, did you like the sausage that we had? Uh, it was uh, a little too thick. For my tastes, but yeah. but the flavor was good and the texture was actually pretty good. Uh, but uh, that was a yeah. lot for four dollars. It, it, it is. I th- <laughs> I thought it was a good bargain all the way through. It uh, was. Um, I definitely am not a uh, a really large sausage person. Um, I I sort of like you know the hot dog version, but um, this was pretty large, and there were so many of them. It was a four dollar portion, but it was like four links, and it was it was good though. I mean that was not bad. It was uh, a nice little fresh red sauce, and I thought I thought that might have been one of the better things in the meal. Yeah, well, that's easy enough to negotiate. There were a lot of there you know, were, Should we t- should we tell the audience about? Uh, a, an untoward moment in that restaurant? Uh, I'm afraid to no. ask you what that might be, so <laughs> I think probably you should you should uh, well, uh, not say that until until later. Oh, okay. I don't know what right. you're about to say. I'm, I'm most well, curious. Well, uh, it's one of the pr- uh, original uh, people who are uh, living in that area. Oh, no. Um, no, I don't. I, I know what you're talking about with a, with a yep. vet place. No, we're not going to. Mm, no, okay. let's not talk about Just that. I'd bring it up. Anyway, 2606368 is the number, especially since it has absolutely nothing to do with the restaurant at all. True or false? What? Hamburger, French fries, or hamburger, pizza. Let's do one more. No, the, the, here it comes. It's coming. Uh, meatballs and spaghetti or meatballs, lasagna? Lasagna. Here it comes. Lasagna and French fries. Yeah. So, what's the right combination? <laughs> lasagna and for? French fries would definitely be a no. No. Definitely be a no. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a viable choice there. But uh, we we did have. I thought a, a decent meal last night at Leonardo's. You had the mussels over rigatoni. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was too much good. food. I find myself good. eating way too well, much food. Well, you don't food. really eat anything anymore. <clears throat> I don't. No, gotcha. you don't really eat anything. No, I was, so I was eating pretty good yesterday. Yeah, it didn't seem like you were you were eating much of well, anything. Who said I did as, any planning? Yeah. <laughs> I just ate it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, but I did. I did want to go to some place tonight yeah. for dinner, and I I hadn't really thought about it. I thought about maybe going to Galatoire's to see what's happened to Galatoire's since Philip Lopez took over. I find that kind mm-hmm. of interesting that yeah. that um, restaurants like Galatoire's or actually it is just Galatoire's now that I think about it because. Yeah. Galatoire's has been, it's one of the Grand Dames. How old is it? 1905 or 1900, depending on how you look at it. So Galatoire's has been around for a long time. And and they have pretty much followed the same course of the Grand Dames who have had in their 
uh, kitchens, people who have come up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the case of Lazone, for example, started as a dishwasher, wound up the executive chef mm-hmm. at, uh, at the old Brennan's. And that's kind of a lot of what has happened in the Grand Dames around town. Mm-hmm. But lately, they're getting more uh, modern in the kitchen with with their chefs. Like the new Brennans had Slade Rushing, which is about as cutting edge as you can get. Yeah, piece and he's then, pretty sharp. But then Galatoire's hired Michael Sitchell, which is really cutting edge, and followed it. Well, I I never saw that in his food. His I know, food was great. That's what I find kind of interesting. It was so good, that Michael Sitchell he was, who was uh, definitely cutting edge. Yep. And then left town and then he was replaced by Philip Lopez, who is just about as cutting edge as you can get there. Yeah, I uh, said and that I, he I was. I wonder a... what it must be like to be in a kitchen that is an old grand dame like that, with recipes that you don't dare deviate from, and put someone like Michael Sitchell or Philip Lopez in there, and then they. I don't know. Do they want to change things? Do they try to change things? Slade Rushing changed uh, everything. Yeah, he did. And successfully, too. And uh, there's a thing about New Orleans where you can't really change anything. What do you think about that? Well, uh, here is what's going on there, anyway. Uh, who knows what's going in the in the minds of everybody else. But uh, you could be the top guy on the, uh, on the, in the kitchen at Galatoire's. And consider it prepared perfectly, absolutely hit its goals of delivering the exact dishes that Galatoire's had been con- become famous for for a long time. And when it went to another guy, uh, the old guy would have to really adjust uh, because you can't just walk in there with your favorite dishes and and tell Galatoire's, well, here's what we're eating from now on, or he, that that wouldn't have flown but with the customers or the uh, the, chef? the people who, or the, certainly not the chef. So uh, you're very tempted, if you're in a business like that, to bring in uh, restaurants that are kind of in the style of what you were getting at Galatoire's, but it actually was different. So uh, I think that has worked out pretty well for them. You think you think that the food at Galatoire's is different? Different from what? What different it used from, to be? Different from the original before the Young Turks came in. Oh, uh, much different, yeah. So the yeah. food that under Michael Sitchell, you feel like you noticed a difference in the food at Galatoire's under Michael mm-hmm. Sitchell? Yeah. In what way? Uh, just uh, some ingredients prepared in certain different ways. Uh, there was nothing deep and dark and uh, as part of. I mean, it definitely wasn't as ambitious and changed as it was at Brennan's, where there was just the the ever so slightest difference in what was on the plate. From I won't say ever so slight, a major difference in what was on the plate with just a hint mm-hmm. of what it used to be. Like, you know, the Jackson Not salad, better, not worse. The, the, just, no, 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 just incredibly different. But, but 
they were both good. Like I used to love the Jackson salad, and I think they actually still call it the Jackson the salad. The Jackson salad? But it does not in any way resemble the old Jackson salad. It's, it, it was more of a sort of a deconstructed thing. And um, I loved it. I loved the new Jackson salad, but I loved the old Jackson salad, too. So I think it's certainly doable, and most people are afraid to try it, but I haven't noticed a difference in Galatoire's with the young guys in the kitchen. Yeah, well, you know, that goes on no matter what, but... uh... I think it's uh, it doesn't it's evolving uh, pretty well. I think I think it's always evolving, but I am kind of curious mm-hmm. to see what Philip Lopez has done because I think Philip Lopez is we further is further out on the limb than anybody most most people uh, I would say, uh, but certainly when uh, I wrote the uh, article that I write every year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I uh, said that the new, best new restaurant of the year was going to be your guy there. Philip Lopez? Philip Lopez. Was this for root or a square root? For a square root. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. This was in the years when dinner cost $159. <laughs> oh, that was per the, wasn't, it, wasn't it was like a prefix thing at that place? No, they did it all right there because we did a couple had, of eight clubs there. Well, I, is this, I you said root or square root? Which one did you say? The, the square root. Square root, okay. Yeah, which were right. two different buildings. Which is buildings. now Gris Gris. Gris Gris, right, okay. yeah. I yeah. think Gris Gris, uh, in my mind, has become the best of the whole bunch of them. Well, okay, so you went to root when it was yeah. right there where the where the Galliano is now. That was Root. Yeah. And I remember yeah. your first thoughts about Root when you saw it. You thought, what is going on here? Yeah. And then after your first couple of tubes of blueberry gel or whatever it was that came out of the tubes, you thought, you know what? I have to admit this is really good. Do you remember saying that about Root? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I warmed up to it good. But but, uh, but then it, when he did square root, didn't you think that that was kind of like way over the edge? I actually liked that a lot, but I couldn't see any possible way that that was going to stay in business doing that kind of food for any length of time. It was really well, you, good. You, you know what? But I, you I, have uh, to have a certain mainstreamness about yeah. you. You have to at least be able to relate in some way, yeah. even peripherally, to more people than not. Yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, you can't be you can't, so far uh, out on a limb. You, no, no, you can't. You, you can be underneath a limb. Well, you though. know, you can <laughs> you can do that in a place I don't like even know LA. What I mean by that? What? You can do that in a place like LA. Yeah. Where there's so many people and so much money that you can charge exorbitant prices. Like like there's a place there called Maud, which is Maud. um, what is his name? Uh, that was, among other things, the uh, the given name of the Brennan. Yes, the matriarch. The, yes. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was. was. It was the. It was. It was uh, the wife of of Owen. Yeah. Right. Owen. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The matriarch. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, but there is a a play. It's 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 um. Gosh, Curtis Stone, that's his name. Who? Curtis Stone, who's ah. a really good-looking guy from Australia who has taken the United States by storm, and he has a restaurant in L.A. called Maud, which is, you know, one of those L.A. things that's super bizarre, and it's 
you got to reserve six months in advance and there's only, you know, 12 seats in the play. Kind of like what square root was here. But you Mod, can do that. Just like you up, can do that date, in a place. Right? You can do that in a place like L.A. where there's so much money and so many people that you're going to find people to fill that all the time. But mm. that's not something that people here would really understand no, all that well. No, maybe not. And that's exactly what happened. But he's now over at Galatoire's, and I'm kind of curious to see yeah. what's going on over there in his tenure. We well, have me, to stop, though, because the yes. news is coming, and then after we listen to that... We'll be back for another we'll hour. More of the food show. 260-6368-WWL-NEW-ORLEANS-105.3. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.